to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Bullock. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Bullock. Welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fullick, and as always, we like to talk about things related to risk management, business continuity, resilience, COVID, well-being, anything that helps you, your organization, or your community prepare for, respond to, and overcome adverse situations. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please feel free. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Alex Fullick there, so I'm really easy to find. And I do respond to everything I get. Longtime listeners and viewers will know that I love to read. Education purposes, uh, entertainment purposes, I just read all the time. And I have a book we're going to talk about today. It's called Political Risk Management for the Global Supply Chain. And I'd like to welcome back to the show for a second appearance, Ralph Kleem. Ralph, welcome back. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, as I said, it's your second uh, appearance. The first time I believe you were here, you were talking about uh, project management or business continuity and project management, right? Something? Right. Business continuity and project management. Also did one that, uh, uh, a second one, which was uh, managing projects in trouble. And uh, so that was the second one here. And this is the third interview. So, Well, congratulations on the book. There's a lot of interesting uh, information in here, and we're going to touch on it. Um, Just in case somebody didn't listen to the last episode, uh, can you take a minute or two and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, as you mentioned, my name is Ralph Klein, and I've I've worked 30-something plus years in the corporate world, uh, also also in the military, and um, um, a lot of work in the area of project management business continuity, and uh, information technology. So I've had a, a, a broad swath of uh, exposure to a, a lot of different topics, uh, both in and out of management uh, with the major aerospace firm and an insurance company as well. Mm, nice. So, you know, and so it's, uh, it's, it's dynamic and it's uh, the industry and, and there's a lot going on right now as it relates to the global supply chain, as you're, everybody's probably aware of, mm-hmm. both with uh, the Ukrainian situation, but also with the pandemic situation. And a, n- a number of companies um, have uh, suspended their uh, supply chain or has been affected negatively uh, in terms of uh, from the political consequences and military consequences uh, that have occurred in the world today. Yeah, which is why when I came across your new book, because um, I knew you were telling me you were maybe writing a new one. So every so often I would check to see, okay, is it out? Is there something new? Um, when I saw the title, Political Risk Management, I thought, oh, wow, <laughs> that's a hot topic in itself, let alone the, the supply chain part of it. So I thought, okay, I've got to reach out to Ralph and get him on the show and talk about this. Well, I'm flattered. Thank you very much. So let's jump straight into it. First of all, 
a basic question in case anyone isn't aware, what is political risk? Well, political risk is basically no different than in terms of a general topic is no different than any other type of risk management, except it's focused on on political events or political conditions that affect the um, the your business investment as it relates in this case, based upon my book, is based upon the effect on the global supply chain. So it's really uh, looking at looking at how politics affects your global supply chain. And we've seen a lot of it, as I just mentioned, the pandemic. We also talked about, also mentioned the, um, um, the pandemic, uh, Ukrainian situation, all sorts of things that are impacting and has a political nature impacting the global supply chain. And uh, anybody who's been watching the news, you'll see that there's been decisions regarding sanctions uh, regarding suspension of activities within uh, uh, Russia. Uh, also, there were issues with PPEs, PPE, which is uh, protective, uh, what is a protective equipment uh, related to the um, mask and those type of things uh, that were affected during the supply chain. Is political risk management, and based on what you, you just said and your description there, is political risk management only uh, on the international level or the federal level or whatever you want to call that? No, quite contrary. It could also be uh, related within it, within a country, say within Canada or the United States or within, within a country within Europe too, because you have different provinces, uh, uh, states, uh, departments uh, that hmm. I believe you have in France and stuff like that. So you have all these different uh, jurisdictional areas within a country too that you have to uh, have to work with. And I guess, you know, considering what's going on in the world, one slight change anywhere has, in the political sphere, has an impact anywhere. Yeah, it could have very much so. Uh, uh, for instance, um, you know, you've heard the butterfly effect where something mm -hmm. happens on the other side of the world and it's ramifications all over the, uh, all over the economic systems around the world, yeah. which seemingly was really meaningless. And then all of a sudden, it spreads um, uh, almost like a cancer, right? And it gets everybody by surprise. How many people, for instance, um, would have suspected that Russia would have invaded Ukraine? There was a lot of talk at the time for a long time. Oh, it was just an exercise. And it was a show of uh, force or something like that. But they never thought they really were going to go into the Ukrainian um, territory. So... Well, let, let's look in that, into that a little bit more. What's the goal then of political risk management? Because when we're talking about tornadoes and uh, rainstorms, we're talking, you know, weather risks and things like that. So what's political risk looking at? What, what are its goals? Well, some of the goals are, you know, um, being able to have a profitable rate of return. You know, so if you do risk man uh, manage your political risk, and uh, try to mitigate their effects, for instance, that's one of the strategies, uh, or transferred or whatever you want to do with the risk. And you have these strategic responses. What you want to do is to um, be able to maintain a good, uh, a, not a good, that's a kind of a, a qualitative statement, a profitable rate of return, okay? 
And then also you want to have a sustainable supply chain. And so you want to be able to use political risk management to help you um, maintain that profitability and increase the supply, you know, uh, have a sustainable supply chain. So how do you go about, um, I guess, monitoring or, or trying to find out some of these political things that are going on? And who's looking at it? Is it a CEO of a company that just looks at the news headlines all day or watches your local government and their responses? How do you go about actually doing political risk management then? Well, some of the things you've already mentioned just now are some of the things you can do, you know, uh, uh, watch uh, political activities that are coming in within your area of responsibility that affects your supply chain. So you might have a, a chief risk officer and for an, a company of any size, you know, and sometimes if it's small enough, the CEO is the, the CRO, right? So uh, the chief risk officer. And so the whole idea here is uh, you might have people that are responsible in the organization uh, that are, are required to um, pay attention to activities. So they might do things like literature reviews, access government sites, CIA has, you know, all sorts of stuff, the Department of State in, within the United States, and I'm sure other countries, you know, in fact, I know the European Union does. And so I, I access their sites from time to time. Um, uh, there's the news outlets without getting, some people would get upset saying, you know, a certain source and they get up. So one of the, you got to try to be as objective as possible and you don't want to get uh, from a business standpoint, you want to be able to look at things uh, very objectively and you want literature reviews. You bring in consultants if you want to do that, political risk consultants. You can bring in um, uh, your own team and have a sustainable team and they're responsible for looking at the overall, overall global supply chain uh, in your organization. So there, there's all different types of uh, sources. Uh, in terms of um, getting the information and know what's going on. And so it's not, a, it's just a matter of resolve, really, that you want to uh, pursue this and implement it within your company. You got me thinking of something. Do, with our supply chains for an organization, do we have to have our supply chain mapped out, the whole chain, you know, and all our vendors mapped out, and then look at it with a political view? Or do we look at, things from a political view and ask ourselves, do we have anything that's impacted by it? It's kind of like a chicken and egg. Which one comes first? Yeah. How do you deal with it? Well, uh, I, I would recommend personally is you have your uh, entire supply chain identified and you have your corporate uh, or enterprise uh, strategic goals and objectives identified and know which one of those are really have a relationship with your global supply chain. You almost have to map out the entire global supply chain uh, in order to see uh, the direct and indirect impacts of uh, a political risk uh, on your organization. So it, 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 it's better to have a, uh, a more global perspective on how things interrelate. And I'll tell you, you got different, it depends on your organization, you might have that stuff already developed if you practice lean, right? And, and in terms of working on your global supply chain, 
um, and also on your um, uh, any business continuity work that you've done uh, helps uh, to identify where those impacts are on the global supply chain. I guess with political risk too, um, you could have a political event mm-hmm. in a country um, that you don't deal with. You have nothing to do do with, you know, I shouldn't say have nothing to do with that country, but you have enough, no business dealings with anyone in that country. Mm-hmm. Something can happen in there and still impact you, right? Yes, that's correct. And so, for instance, you may not have any relation. You might be an oil company, right? That's a, a perfect example there. And uh, you may not have any relationship to oil being produced from that country. And you, and so you're, you, you're, you don't know much about that country, and all of a sudden they cut back the spigot, right? And all of a sudden the price starts ra- are, uh, increasing around the globe, uh, or particularly in your your country. And so it pays to um, be alert to uh, what are the collateral damage, so to speak, uh, to the, your supply chain when things ha- when something like that happens in another country, and you it might hit you, but you don't even realize it. except over time. And that's the nice, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, that's the thing about political political, uh, impacts in general is that you may have something that occurred in a country you had no idea with, and then several years later, it impacts you, or several months later, and you don't even realize. That's the subtle thing about politics. political events, political conditions. Uh, they just, they're not that discreet sometimes. So uh, when you're- that is a, oh, I'm sorry, go again. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say- uh, I'm so, excited okay. about this topic. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I, I guess with political risk, you can't just look at uh, those political risks that impact your supply chain. You kind of have to take note of literally global events, even if you're not dealing with a certain area within the globe, right? Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Uh, it, it, it pays to have a good general background on uh, an interest in political affairs. Now, not everybody in the business world has that, you know, because, um, you know, the business world is, deals with profitability, right? And they look at this, a lot of discrete things. That happened. I mean, I've been in a number of meetings, especially as a corporate auditor for, for 10 years, uh, is in the operations area, uh, is that you see, you see the big picture and a lot of people get in these uh, silos and, you know, everything's economics every, or financial, everything's IT. They don't see the full breadth and they, they, they tend not they may have an interest, but it's sort of like a casual interest. So you might you might want to uh, you know hire a political analyst, or you know have a government affairs or political organization if you're a big enough corporation to sustain that overhead. But it's very useful. I was just going to ask that uh, without getting into any details of the political risk management plan because I know we're going to talk about that later. Are there special skills that come into play to monitor, you know, political risks? Because it's one thing to be able to have 
procurement people or supply chain management people or risk management people look at things in a supply chain mapping world. But when you throw politics on top, not everybody um, can, uh, how do I say, adapt to that kind of a, a different lens, you know, to yeah. see things through. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say that, you know, uh, first of all, it helps to have a good general background. So you'll, you'll have people trained in political science or government affairs or pre-law or mm -hmm. be a lawyer too. And they're going to be involved in understanding political activities. So there's people with prior experience, with lobby experience in the United States and, uh, or in Canada and a lot of democracies. It's not just the United States that has a lot of lobbyists. But uh, it's, um, you want people that have a good understanding of how, the, how political systems work, different types of political systems. So I have a little knowledge about comparative politics. Uh, the idea of um, having a good knowledge of um, foreign affairs um, and just a, a good general take us have the ability to take a systemic view of a corporation and its relationship to the rest of the world. Okay. And, and so a lot of big um, corporations like the one I work for. Uh, and also for other industries, uh, they have very robust uh, uh, political affairs uh, organizations um, that pay attention to uh, political events as they affect the uh, uh, affect their particular industry. And so it's it's very it's a very dynamic. Uh, but the problem is, uh, you know, as a side note. A lot of companies don't do it because they have to absorb the overhead. And so it's very hard sometimes to say this is, um, we got political risk and here's how it actually impacts the bottom line in terms of profitability. Uh, so that's the difficulty sometimes selling that stuff, like a lot of things in business. Yeah, yeah I know business continuity is kind of one of those too. Well, yeah. they don't make us money, so. <laughs> We get put on the back shelf. Well, you make money <laughs> afterwards, you know, because they, yeah, they yeah. Learn, and, and then they'll think of something else, you know, that caught that saved money. A lot of companies like to self-insure, you know, so mm -hmm. meaning that uh, they're willing to take the hit and uh, might not do anything at all. But they got to have some buku bucks. Uh, I've got a question for you. See, I, sure. I, I know we had this big list of things we're going to talk about. And <laughs> We're still on number one. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So it's really easy with me to go, you know, off script. So yeah, that's but okay. That's okay. I'm fine. With I'm wondering with politics, with the way things are uh, in di uh, different uh, different political parties, literally around the globe in different countries. Right. Is there a risk with political risk management that bias gets in there? Oh yeah, very definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I heard it uh, many times, uh, and, um, it, and I think it's people that, you know, are narrowly focused on their discipline, and so politics, you know, they'll, they'll say, oh, that's political, you know, or, they, or their, their ideological, the way they've been brought up, their belief systems and values uh, can impact how, how they view the world, and it may not be in concert of what's best for the organization, the company, the enterprise, because of your, you got to focus 
on those strategic goals and objectives and, and how it, a political risk may impact the global supply chain in achieving those uh, um, strategic goals and objectives. And so it takes uh, some rigor there. How do you deal with that, though? Let, let's say both you and I are working um, on political risk management, but you come from one direction, I come from another. Mm-hmm. We're looking at the exact same situation, have two interpretations, and we're giving two different recommendations. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that kind of a thing? Well, there, there's, you know, there's all sorts of different ways, you know, brainstorming, you know, you get, you get a diverse group of people. Um, and if they're at the high level, if they're at the, you know, they're in the C-suite or something like that, uh, they're, they're going to have a broader, hopefully they're being trained in a broader background and how that not necessarily all the time, uh, but you want to get, uh, you want to get a team of people that um, maybe have a, you know, it's multidisciplinary. And they have the ability uh, to focus on the overall goals for the enterprise. Mm-hmm. And so focusing on the overall goals, strategic goals and objectives, and having a, a dedicated team of senior leaders and professionals in political risk or law or whatever sitting on that team. Uh, and they have the ability to question each other. So what happens is they... Um, you know, some people do some research and they'll have a, a, a hopefully a team that supports um, different different things, uh, different ideas and are, are questioned with, the, and, and they also are willing to take the time hmm. to be aware of political activities that may, around the world that may impact them too as well. So they gotta have an open mind basically and they gotta be willing to be objective and let people challenging a bit in terms of their uh, questions you know if you give somebody a hammer everything looks like a nail too so you gotta yeah. be careful with that so so in, in a way it's it, it could be good to have opposing views yes at least when it comes to political risk management oh yeah oh, yeah. we won't get into other things but <laughs> for- you know okay, one of the things that just hit me here and and I don't think I mentioned it in the book, but one of the things that really I find as a corporate auditor is we used to have these things called interim reviews and final reviews. Mm-hmm. And before we went, released any report or give presentations to the, the big shots, uh, what would happen is, is they get a group of auditors. I don't know if you've ever been with a group of auditors. <laughs> And yeah. they're vicious. You know? <laughs> they can. And, and you get up there, you present, and they just zero in on you. And you gotta have you gotta be open. You can't get defensive. And you gotta have your facts and data put together. And that's the same mm-hmm. thing you need to do in uh, political risk. And I think that's extremely important. And you, you gotta be able to take it on the chin. You know, I mean, I felt like you know I got shot with bullets. Had a glass of water and everything sprayed up, but it was it was actually good. And so people got to be willing to uh, challenge their basic beliefs and value system. Well, an auditor will be like a, a journalist. If you're not giving, if they know you're not giving the right truth or you're contradicting yourself and you don't even know you're contradicting yourself, they're going to keep digging, you know, because yeah. they know there's something there you're trying to hide. Yeah. Right? And, and I did actually in the book allude to that as well but I didn't talk about formally as a 
interim review and final review. Right. But political, you know, politics is a volatile issue. You know, yeah. I, I've traveled to Europe quite a bit. I never had a problem discussing politics with people in Europe, but I have with the United States. So <laughs> for some reason, it's a, it's, it's a tenser situ- situation uh, in the United States and perhaps in Canada too. Uh, but because uh, you're in Toronto, right? Uh, I'm just west of Toronto. Oh, well, a, just, lot, a lot of what happens in the U.S. ends up um, coming up here because we're so close to you. So, yeah. Well, the perfect example of political risk and happening was the trucking issue, right? Crossing the border. Yeah. That was a big, there was a big uh, regional type uh, uh, issue that was happening there. So it had impacts on both sides of the border. Yeah. And I'm not taking sides. I'm not taking sides. <laughs> On that note, we've come to the end of our first segment. Today, we are talking with Ralph Kling, the author of Political Risk Management for the Global Supply Chain, and we will be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fullick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back. Today we are talking with Ralph Kleem, the author of Political Risk Management for the Global Supply Chain. Ralph, lots of great information in the first segment there. Thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. Um, I want to see if we can uh, just talk about what are some of the key components of uh, managing political risk. I know we kind of touched on some of them, but can you kind of uh, uh, give us a clearer 
definition. Yeah, more more uh, structured. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Um, first of all, I want to say that this, the framework that I put in place is predicated on the uh, the COSO framework because that's the one I had the most experience and that was the one uh, that uh, was the uh, most prevalent framework from where I came from. It was very useful from getting not just political risk, but economic, uh, financial, IT, and all these things were rolled up to the audit committee. And so um, there's several, uh, there's really, I think, 10 that I identified. One is if you're just starting out establishing um, uh, political risk management, you want to be able to set up an infrastructure in place, maybe some type of team of uh, knowledgeable and senior individuals. Um, and you want to be, adopt good project management practices. And this is really important because you want to be able to evaluate how well you're getting your disciplines uh, uh, implemented, uh, political risk management disciplines uh, implemented within your organization. Now, it could be a small team. It could be a big team. And it's, it's a matter of judgment uh, who's involved in developing and implementing uh, political risk management in their organizations. Another component is identifying your strategic goals and objectives for your company. Um, and so for a big company, that can be a real challenge. But um, for a small company, um, or, you know, depending on what you define as a small company, is... Um, if you know what your overall, you need to know what, over, what your overall goals and objectives are. And, and of course, a goal is more like a, a very comp, a very efficient global supply chain, right? And you want to be able to say, well, how do you operationalize it? How do you know you've got a very efficient global supply chain? So you develop objectives uh, on what you want to achieve and they're more, more specific and measurable uh, in terms of it. So you can determine what uh, when, you, when you eventually evaluate your effectiveness of your political risk management, you know uh, you're doing the right thing. You want to identify the key stakeholders. These are people that uh, manage aspects of the global supply chain, for instance, that um, um, have power, influence in your, uh, in your organization, key decision makers. Uh, and... Uh, these stakeholders will be uh, participants in developing uh, your political risk management uh, policies and procedures, as well as probably form being members of the team and doing political risk management. Uh, then you've got your political risk management plan. I know you have an interest in that. It's basically a document that really describes um, the who, what, when, where, why, and hows of political risk management in your organization. So tools, techniques, processes, policies, and procedures you're going to follow. Definition of a high risk, a medium risk, a low risk. Um, you have your risk breakdown structure. Those type of things uh, would be incorporated into the uh, political risk management plan. Uh, then you want to be able to, uh, another component is identify your political risks. Now, the, you know, there's going to be probably a, quite an array depending uh, of risk, uh, and it's going to be, uh, you know, some of it might be regional, some might be just for a country, some of them might be international in scope. And so how are you going to um, 
you're going to go about identifying those risks, and there's different ways of doing that, like brainstorming, et cetera. Can you give an example? Because I'm sure listeners right now are saying, well, what, what kind of things should I be putting into that risk register? You know, what, what kind of political risks are we? Are well, we things, uh, political risk, well, the political risk register, will have, you, you're, you're, I guess your question is asking, uh, what are the things that go into the risk register? And those are the, and, uh, and those things are the risk description. The ri- uh, you give it a unique identifier. Uh, the risk owner. Somebody's got to keep pace of. Uh, first of all, keep aware of uh, uh, if that risk does arise, and what and if they elect to, I call it tactical action, contingency plan to implement a risk strategy to deal with a particular risk. Somebody's got to be the person that maintains awareness and looks and sees um, if the risk has occurred and whether or not the response is effective or not. Uh, you want to you identify the risk impact um, uh, to your supply chain. In this case, the, the risk um, uh, priority, um, and uh, you want to be able to uh, uh, capture in it later on any additional comments. Uh, what type of risk response you're going to uh, perform? Uh, whether or not it's going to cause some residual risk, the risks that uh, that are left over. Um, you know, that didn't get completely addressed and there might be some after effects from it. And then there's secondary risks where you introduce a, um, a risk uh, response and it has a consequence um, and it causes another risk to occur. So th- these are things that you'll identify in your, pl- uh, your risk management plan. And of course, um, one of them is the, the, the risk that you've identified, of course, right? Do you have an example of a, of a, of a risk? You know, well, yeah, risk would be expropriation, kidnapping of executives, uh, tariffs. Uh, now, I want to emphasize, uh, you know, one of the things, there's a tendency to view risk as, as negative. It can also be an opportunity. So a company may want to seize an opportunity. Uh, for instance, there may be a change of regime in another country that may be more amenable to doing business with your, your, your uh, supply chain. So you might want to, uh, without selling Machiavellian, you want to be able to um, be able to seize that moment uh, from a commercial standpoint. I'm sure, and uh, you know, once things open up in Russia, they do eventually in the sanctions. Uh, I'm sure there are going to be companies that are going to try to move in where other companies were that suspended their operations. Uh, there may be some sensitivities to that. Uh, assess political risk is make an assessment. Maybe it's qualitative, meaning that it's kind of you get a group of people together and they have a high level um, kind of semi, not sub- subjective, but you try to be objective, but you operationalize your terms and whatever you're using. Uh, but uh, you make an assessment or you can do it quantitatively. Certain risks lend themselves to calculating the actual impact of a, of a risk should it arise. And, and of course, if a risk does arise, it becomes an issue, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's happened. So, um, so you wanna be able to respond to that. That's assess. And it could be, like I said, quantitative or qualitative. You wanna uh, prepare political risk responses. So you have maybe some strategic actions uh, that you wanna take, uh, transfer the risk, give it to insurance companies or something you know, like that. 
or you want to uh, mitigate the risk and you do certain things like uh, 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 for your supply chain, uh, have multiple warehouses uh, outside the country or something like that, uh, uh, hedging your, the impact. Or you want to, and then of course, once you've had your responses and the tactical actions you're going to pursue, then what you want to do is perform risk monitoring and controlling. And you want to be able to, like a doctor, takes your pulse. You want to see how well uh, you're, uh, how well you've identified your risk, and those risks you've identified, how effective the responses have been in terms of uh, dealing with the uh, uh, unstable political situation in a country, in a region, or whatever. And then, the, oh, go ahead, you've got a question? Shoot. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Don't know why I got muted there. <laughs> I hope the other part didn't get muted. <laughs> that was weird. It didn't even do anything, it got muted. <laughs> um, I'm just curious, because you said uh, maintain and monitor. Who maintains and monitors this uh, this um, political risk register because you made mention earlier of enterprise risk management. We talked about having um, potentially, uh, I'm not saying definitely, but uh, legal advisors with foreign affairs experience. Mm -hmm. you know, and then we've got the, uh, I don't want to say the usual or the, uh, we have risk managers anyway who have uh, risk registers and maintaining that. So who looks after this part of it, or it, you know, how, how does you maintain Well, it, it? depends on how your corporation is structured. Okay. And so you may have a, a chief risk officer that makes sure that it's all brought together, right, from the different disciplines. And then you'll have like a giant matrix or something in Excel or whatever, or whatever, if you buy a product that helps you to do that. Um, the bottom, the, um, you know, somebody has to bring it together. And, and so... And of course, it all goes up to an audit committee, usually, or a risk management committee within a corporation. Um, my experience has all been with the audit committees and putting stuff together for them. Um, I would say um, you should have a, a, a single point of contact, say within the overall risk organization, where they may work with other people with it spread throughout the organization. Uh, either at the business unit level, in other areas like the legal department, let's say, or uh, um, HR, human relations, or whatever, uh, supply chain uh, organization, supplier management, I should say. Uh, those type of things, um, you would have a single point of contact, they collect the information, then you get that group together and they put it, they massage it, uh, the, and then of course they put the final report where they give it to the audit committee or directly to the board of directors, for instance, okay. or the chief executive officer. So depending on the culture and how they do things, the organizational structure, but okay. somebody should be responsible, either an organization or an individual uh, to make sure that they compile it and put it together, uh, the report. And so that, that's part of monitoring and controlling, which is the next step which is risk reporting, political risk reporting. And we'll talk, you got, I know you have some questions about that and oh, we can do that then. I, do it why now. don't you carry on with that? Just, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, political risk reporting, you wanna have detailed reports at the lower level. A lot of times these are all in the form of matrices. So uh, you'll 
put a matrix that shows the relationship of the, the risks to the strategic goals and objectives related to the supply chain. And then you'd have a matrix that shows the relationship of this, those uh, strategic objective, uh, goals and objectives in relation to the, um, um, to the um, risk responses that you're taking. And, uh, and so you might have several different layers, you know, like pivot tables that's in uh, Excel uh, and do that. And the reporting, you'd have it at the detail level. Somebody's got to roll it up. And usually that's the chief risk <clears throat> officer. And they come over with an assessment for each of the business units or the major organizations. And then what they do is they come up with a, an overall assessment. Now, the reporting should always be consistent. And it should always be uh, systematic. It should, you know, unless you really have to change things, you want to have some consistency from each reporting period. Once you do it, you may do it bi-weekly, which is twice a week. Not, I mean, every two weeks. See, that's where it gets confused when people say bi-weekly. And then uh, maybe once a month or quarterly, or you may have a quarterly report. Um, may do it every two weeks and then once a month, and then it all rolls up uh, some assessment uh, reporting every three months, depending on where you're at. Uh, and then, of course, uh, when you, you also want to maintain your risk management plan. Um, and that's the document that we talked about, the who, what's, when, where, and how. Now, I might add, I would like to say that all these components, I, I, I covered it sequentially. In reality, a lot of these things concur concurrently. Uh, they overlap. So it, it, it may not be just one uh, linear uh, set of uh, components that you're developing. So they're all interrelated. And so you make change to one, you may have to make changes to some, some other ones too as well. Well, I was just thinking that, that some of the risks, political risks that get identified and or risks associated with the supply chain in general are low, but because something is happening in the other side of the world, your risk is gone from low to moderate to high. It hasn't happened yet to become an issue. You know, it hasn't been realized to an issue. But how do you go about managing that risk as it starts to creep up? Well, that's where you do that. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> yeah, what, what you want to do is um, um, you want to periodically review your, your reports. Uh, do you know, Make sure when you're monitoring and controlling, you, you have a watch list of risks, just like any other type of risk management. Um, you want to have a watch list. You have your periodic reviews, and you may reevaluate. Uh, you may have new risks, you know. Um, that may arise uh, and because of the international circumstance. I'm sure the, the PPE and the uh, Ukrainian situation, uh, for instance, uh, maybe was probably lower level for a lot of corporations. And then all of a sudden it got on the radar and it moved up in terms of uh, how it impacted their supply chain and how they plan to respond to things. So I think that would be a perfect example of... Uh, of uh, companies um, adapting their risk management to their circumstances. So it's, it's a living dynamic uh, mm. circumstance. You may even have ad hoc meetings 
if something looks like it's become more apparent. Yeah, I can see the ad hoc approach uh, quite a bit, with, especially with things start creeping up quickly. Mm-hmm. Then it's, you know, you can't wait for your quarterly report, you know, to, to look at your supply chain because of a political event somewhere else. It's, are we, you have to, and not are we impacted by, but you have to start changing your thinking to, are we going to be impacted? Can we be impacted? If this occurs, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, a perfect example is Fukushima, right? And he had a big earthquake and the impact it had on Toyota. I'm sure that moved it up to the uh, uh, higher level uh, of consideration. Uh, same thing with um, um, aerospace industry for an aerospace company where it has a big major plane crash. And it, it turns out to be there may be some, I'm not mentioning any names, but there may be some systemic uh, issue on how they, um, uh, something to do with their engineering issues, uh, software engineering or hardware issues that may occur. And it, they never thought about that. And it, what impact that has on the supply chain, uh, because they may get certain components uh, from another country. Uh, and uh, all of a sudden, you may find that those components, uh, whether it's uh, hardware or software uh, is going to have to um, be stopped uh, or you're going to have to find some alternative source, right? Uh, because it's politically, it could be very damaging uh, for the company and affect its supply chain dramatically. And we all know of some his- recent historic examples uh, related to that. Is there a difference in dealing with political risks to, um, you know, weather risks and things like that? The, the reason why I, I'm asking is I was just thinking, using Ukraine as an example, they're a huge uh, uh, global supplier of wheat. Right. However, there's a political, uh, it's not even a risk because it's occurred, but there's a political yeah. event yeah. You know, happening there now too. So, how do you merge the two together? Is there a way of doing that? You know, a political risk with some other uh, sort of risk on your supply chain. You know, how do you bring map it all together? Well, you 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 you, know, you have your discussions with your executives and or the team, whatever you put. They don't necessarily have to be executives. You got subject matter experts in the organization, or you can bring them in as consultant, but. Uh, the, the whole idea is you want, you want to be able to marry, if I understand your question correctly, there might be, uh, let's say, the Ukrainian thing didn't happen, right? And you're, and they're export, uh, you're, you're importing a lot of their wheat, right? And you're making a product that ends up getting exported someplace else, let's say for an example. And you want to see how that impacts your supply chain, right? So you get, you get your team together, your dedicated team. They may, they have their, hopefully they have their supply chain mapped out and they, they know what their strategic goals and objectives is and they put together a matrix and that, that type of stuff. And then what they do is they analyze and see whether or not there's a high, medium or low impact uh, to their supply chain. Okay. So we only have uh, three, four minutes left. Do you have any final thoughts and comments you'd like to convey regarding? Yeah, I, I actually, uh, I jotted this down and I uh, hope you don't mind me uh, using a piece of paper because I'm getting at my age. <laughs> but um, bottom line is, I think I have a couple of uh, 
quick thoughts. And one of them is uh, really emphasis is on being systematic. You wanna have a framework that you can follow consistently. Uh, everybody follows pretty much the same um, set of components, the same processes, procedures. Uh, they're regular in terms of uh, putting out their reports. I think they also need to take a systemic view, look at the big picture and see where the corporation, the components of the organization, how they fit together relative to the supply chain. So, and if there's something that happens internationally, what are the, the collateral impacts to the company? Uh, you gotta be objective. I think a lot of problems uh, is people don't, they don't know how to be objective outside their own discipline. So they're filled with a lot of beliefs. I think that's important. They want, you wanna have a consistent, balanced team. People are multidisciplinary because that'll help bring objectivity because people will say, gee, I never thought of that, right? And that's happened a lot. Uh, and, and also you wanna think resilience. And you brought that up earlier in the conversation. Uh, resiliency is very important, the ability to understand what is happening and be able to respond to it and keep operational or recover to operational status. And you know, and it sounds like I'm a name dropper. I don't wanna be a name dropper. But one time I, it was a project for Alan Mulally. He used to run the company, I, uh, an aspect, the commercial side of the company I used to work with. And I did a project where he was the executive sponsor. And he looked at it and he said, Ralph, what you wanna be is one with this project. And that's what you wanna do with political risk management. You wanna make it happen. You want, to be, you want to be able to focus, become one, so to speak, with it and make sure it, it happens and it happens efficiently and effectively. And uh, that's my uh, last comment. I hope that helps. Yeah, great. Ralph, it's been great having you here. Well, thank you. I'm flattered to be. <clears throat> and I know the last time uh, we, we did an interview, it was all through a conference call. So it's nice to actually see you and carry on a conversation this way. <laughs> and congratulations once again on uh, the book. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, oh, and, I'm uh, flattered too. You have it. You have little uh, yellow. Yeah. Good. Thank you. <laughs> and there are dog-eared pages too. So yeah, I'm sure those uh, book purveyors out there that uh, uh, don't like that are probably going to send me an email. <laughs> don't. But thank you so much, Ralph. I really appreciated you sharing your expertise and time with us today. Oh, uh, uh, my pleasure. Anytime. Great. And for everybody watching and listening, stay prepared, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week.